0: Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I am Jenna Hart, a romance author and an avid romance reader. I'm also the owner of SwoonworthyHEA.com, an online community for people who, like me, love to read romance and want to talk to other people about their favorite romance books, authors, tropes, All of it. If you haven't been by, please stop by. I have regular posts where you can find out where you can get free books. The Illicit Liaison podcast is over there. We have groups. One of the groups I frequently post new releases or new free books. We also have a group where you can share what you're reading. You can actually start your own group. You can even start your very own blog. And if you're an author, it's a great place to come and start your own author website or to start your own fan group so that you can be where readers are going to come and talk about romance. I have a really great show for you coming up today. I interviewed romance author Maggie Blackbird from Canada. It's a very interesting interview. She's an Ojibwe from Ontario, and she writes a variety of romance involving Canada's indigenous people, so I know you're not going to want to miss that. Just a couple of quick notes I wanted to share with you. I know that I was gone for a little while and haven't been as good about posting, which I am, I know I say this every time, but I am really committed to improving it. We took kind of an impromptu trip to the Outer Banks last week. While we were at Outer Banks though, I did find a bookstore and I masked up and went in and they had a section there of books set in the Outer Banks, fiction books set in the Outer Banks. And I had went scanning through and I found a romance section and I picked up a book, Carolina Blues by Virginia Cantra. This book came out in about 2014. So it is a little bit older. And I would put it in the same vein as something like Nora Roberts would write. It's that type of romance. I enjoyed this book actually quite a bit. I liked the character of Jack Rossi, who is the new police chief on this make-believe Dare Island out in the Outer Banks. He's actually from Pennsylvania, but he had a pretty bad divorce. His partner had been sleeping with his wife, and so he just got away and came down to this island to be the police chief, and he's really still kind of settling in. And then there's Lauren... Patterson, who is a grad student who was involved in a bank robbery, she wasn't one of the robbers, she was one of the people in the bank, and became famous for talking one of the robbers down from uh, the robbery and talked him into giving himself up. But she has a little bit of peace. PTSD from that. She's also a writer and is on a deadline to finish a book. And their paths cross. And of course, it's a romance. So, you know, things happen. I, like I said, I really enjoyed this book, I'd probably give it four stars. The only thing that really irked me about this book was that most romances have either one or two points of view. So it's either just from the woman, usually, or just the man's, I've I've read some that's just from the man's point of view. Or it has both their points of view that the couple, both their points of view are in the book. This book had both the man and the woman's, but they also had a third person in here who I think is actually the lead character in the book after this particular book. And I did not like reading from that other woman's point of view. I mean, in my mind, this romance was about Jack and Lauren, so I didn't want to be in Jane. I think that was her name. Point of view. Now, Jane's situation and things that happen in this book relate to Jane, but I think a lot of that information could have been delivered to us through Jane telling Lauren things or Lauren observing things. I didn't really think we needed Jane's point of view, and. You know, I didn't really care about Jane. I cared about Lauren and Jack. Uh, so that was my only kind of beef with this book. But overall, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the characters. It was an interesting story. Um, my book of the week this week that I'm reading this week is called Lush Money by Angelina M. Lopez. I actually picked up this book on a whim because I saw it when I was in Walmart, and it just looked really interesting. It turns a popular trope the billionaire trope kind of on its head because the billionaire in this book is our female protagonist and the male in this book is impoverished but he is a prince and so it's a marriage of convenience where by the end of the year when they divorced his kingdom is going to be saved from financial ruin, and she will have a little child that she will be able to raise. It just looked really like an interesting read. So I picked it up to read it. If you've read it, have anything to share about it, I would love to hear. All right. So let's move on to my interview with Maggie Blackbird. Now, Maggie is an Ojibwe from northwestern Ontario, and she resides in the country with her husband and their fur babies, two beautiful Alaskan Malamutes. Now, when she's not writing, she can be found pulling weeds in the flower beds, mowing the huge lawn, walking the malls deep in the bush, teeing up a ball at a golf course, fishing in the boat for a walleye, or sitting on the deck at her sister's house, making more wonderful memories with the people she loves most. Now, she writes contemporary and historical romances involving Canada's Indigenous people. She has 13, actually 14 books now because she had a release out just this week in her When We Were Young series. And what is really fun about Maggie is that while she writes contemporary and historical romances, it also she also has some in YA and LBGTQ. So she has a wide range of stories, all involving people falling in love, which is awesome. Let's, so let's go ahead and get started with the interview. Maggie, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today about reading and writing romance fiction.
1: Yes, I'm very glad to be here. Very glad to be here. Actually, Night Moves was just released today. Ooh.
0: So if you're hearing this, go grab yes, it now. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah no, con- yes. congratulations <laughs> it's
0: always a big day when a book comes out you know even even if you've had books before it seems to me each one is like your new child going out in the world.
1: I'm the opposite I'm probably one of those writers who doesn't get excited about release day. <laughs> wow I get excited about the whole um, editing process to me that's when it's when when, when it's exciting. Uh, working with my editor, working with my proofer, you know, working with the publisher to get the book out. And once I get back um the final proof, that's the excitement for me. Yeah, that that's uh yes, it's done. Thank goodness. It's going out now. And um release day is just basically um all promotion and marketing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I know one, um, one
1: of those rare authors.
0: I I saw there was a post on Facebook uh, just yesterday. I think it was, it was, you know, what is, Mm -hmm. what is the worst part of of being a a writer? And so many people talked about the marketing stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be. Yeah. That's what I was spending my morning doing was getting everything ready for um, for night moves. Uh, sending up all this sending I already have all blog posts ready to go and everything, but there's always so many last minute things that you still have to do. And then, so release date for me is kind of more of a, like a, Oh, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. This has to be set up and, uh, you know, set up on Facebook. This has to go out on Twitter and everything like that. So, yeah. and
0: the, so Creating that, all that's the basically graphics. how I
1: spend my morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's all done ahead of time. But like I said, yeah, there's so many um last minute things that still have to go out on release days. So so that, that that's how my morning is. It's not so much, yay, the book is out. It's more like, okay, I gotta still get this done, get this done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting yeah. because the world we live in, what's really nice is you know, authors do have more control now over getting the message out about their books, but you think back to like the writers in the eighties and the nineties, you know, like the Nora Roberts and the Sandra Browns mm-hmm. and all that, you know, they don't do any of this. Stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course <laughs> I'm not, I'm not them, but you know, it just seems, you know, so it's nice for somebody who's not them to be able to, you know, still have a successful career, but, um, you know uh-huh, the idea to have yeah, a big publisher that was behind you 100% cuz i you know i have pub, i don't know about your publisher but i have publishers and and they if i ask them for stuff they help me but they don't there's a lot of stuff they don't do <laughs> in terms of helping me market yeah
1: it's a it, it, yeah it, it it's a it's still a lot of work yeah you know they they send out um the arcs and everything you know for um reviews and everything and but yeah, a lot of the marketing is, uh, you know, it it comes from the author, where you're constantly setting everything up to uh, make sure the the release is successful.
0: So yeah, so for people who are listening to this, if you're a reader, you can help your favorite authors out a lot by you know talking them mm-hmm. up and sharing their books and following them and supporting them because that makes a big difference. I want to start with you talking about kind of how your your interest in romance fiction started because you know most romance authors before they're writing they're reading romance so I'm curious were you a fan of romance fiction before you started writing and you know were, were there any authors or any books where you said kind of like I could do that or I want to do that too
1: oh yes for sure um you know even on my website I say I'm a reader first a writer second because I, I'm such a fan of romance. Um, it started way back, uh, I must have been around, I don't know, maybe around 12, 13. I'm not even sure the age, it's been so long. But um, there was a, a novel by, you know, Johanna Lindsay called Paradise Wild that was making its way around the reserve. And an older girl, she must have been about 18, 19, you know, she passed my older sister, the, a copy of the book and said, "You got to read this. It's really good." My older sister read it and she loved it, and she passed it to me and said, "You got to read this. It's really good." You know, and there was that marketing. You see um, how friends just share, and sure enough, um, I read that romance. It was a historical, and I I was just hooked, just hooked for it right from then on. I sought out everything to do with Johanna Lindsay and um, I found her backlist. So you know, and in those days, you know, you couldn't just go online and grab them. So I had to wait until we went to the city, uh, Winnipeg. And that's when I uh, bought up her backlist and started really looking at all the different romance authors that were out there. Another big one is uh, Roseanne Bittner. She writes, um, historical Westerns in America, set in the USA. And, uh, you know, those are also really good books. I wasn't sure if I could do historical, but I know that I really wanted to write romance. I've always been uh, one who likes to make up stories in my head i've been doing that since i was a little girl i can remember us um my younger sister and i we had our own room uh bunk beds and i would lean over the top because i was on the top bunk and we you know my mother would have to come in and tell us to be quiet because we would be playing all night just making up stories together uh whether we were playing uh You know, uh, the rock group Kiss, for example, pretending to be Kiss or anything, and making up stories from there. And stories stayed with me that way for a long time, even with, you know, Ken and Barbie or whoever. And uh, I was away at school uh, when I attempted my first romance novel, the lady had brought a typewriter up and, and I just started writing. And then when I was, you know, working, uh, my business travels took me everywhere. Um, I did a lot of business traveling. And when I go back to my hotel room, after I finished my work for the day, I would write just to relax you know it, it was only a hobby then just just something to do that i uh, swear i could still keep making up stories and uh, so the, that's how it all began
0: you know it's interesting cuz i got my start kind of writing stories and and i would i would actually write fan fiction so i was writing stories about people i didn't create but you know it was stories i wanted to see or read or something and and just like you it was just for fun mm-hmm. you know just something that was interesting yeah. and So you you were writing mostly for your own entertainment, kind of as a hobby or something to relax. At what point did you think, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe I'll go ahead and see if someone wants to publish this?
1: It was around, um, I'm trying to think here. I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll give it a try. And this was before... um, this was the late 90s, early 2000s. I was writing MC romance before it even became popular, motorcycle romance. And I had come up with all my bikers and everything like that. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll try to get it published. But it it wasn't meant to be. I thought, well, this stuff doesn't seem all that good. And, and I, like I said, at the time, the genre wasn't there for it. And I just kept thinking, well, I can't see anyone wanting to publish this. It's so uh, far away from what is common in the romance community. So I just set them aside. I'm glad I did, because when I look at those seven novels now, I I laugh. I look at it and think, oh, my God, what made me think I could even consider publication uh, (laughs) at that time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I, I had a lot of fun creating the series, creating the motorcycle club, all that. but like I said they they stay uh, they'll stay on my hard drive. I still have them but that's where they'll stay. And it wasn't until um, 2010 when I decided okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give this a big shot because I did take some time off like you to write fan fiction. And, and I had a great time doing that as well. It, it was just, like I said, um, writing is such a part of me that, you know, I wrote, I don't know how many stories that, that won't see the light of day. It was just for, for pleasure, nothing more.
0: You were talking about the motorcycle club thing, and and I was Mm -hmm. I was thinking that I remember my sister recommending one of those books a couple of years ago and thinking this is a thing. And then Mm -hmm. now you go on Amazon and there's all sorts of stuff I don't think we would have seen in the 90s in terms of mafia. I mean, there's just all sorts of things, which I guess is all about authors being able to self-publish now. And I think it, it shows that readers really have expansive interests that they're in that like a lot of publishers I don't think we're aware they
1: of. They do They yeah. do. there's a, a lot of them and publishers have their their set formula as well though too that they got to stick with and um, you know and at the time writing MC that was not something that they would have taken on you know i i did my whole bit of you know becoming a part of writers digest all that kind of stuff because that, that, that was basically all that was available back in in the uh, late 90s early early 2000s uh you know i never even heard of the romance writers of america i didn't even know uh that that organization existed or anything like that and um uh, so so i stuck to um uh the writers, um, I would go through all about different agents not on there, and I could never find anybody that was really looking for what I was writing. So I just thought, oh well, you know, let's keep it to myself, and uh, uh, maybe someday down the line uh, I'll find a place for it. But it's it's best on my hard drive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking, wasn't one of the category romance companies in Canada like was Silhouette in? Canada.
1: Yeah, Harlequin was based in Canada. It Harlequin. actually, from what oh. I understand, started in Canada. Okay. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I'm no expert on Harlequin. Like, um uh, no, far far from it. But yeah, but I, I knew
0: one of them. They was, were
1: started I, in Canada.
0: I guess they merged uh, Harlequin and Silhouette or something like that. But I, in my mind, I remember one of them being in in Canada. So you wrote your motorcycle club series that didn't see the light of day. You've also written some uh-huh. fan fiction, but today you're writing about indigenous people in Canada. So I'm curious about uh-huh. how uh, that came about, you know, when you decided to do that. Um, Cause it sounds like it's part of your life. So it makes sense that you would write that.
1: Yeah. It, it's a big part of my life. I grew up on the reserve, you know, and um uh, my family goes all the way back, all the way to the signing of the treaty, living on that reserve and living in this area, and, you know. And so my my roots are very grounded. Um, in in uh in the uh, the life of being Ojibwe, you know, I've had uh grandfathers great grandfathers who served as chiefs my dad served on band council Uh, my sister younger sister served on band council you know it the the reserve was just a big part of my life and i also worked for an indigenous organization for over 15 years Uh, so you know going from reserve to reserve we call them the communities uh was also a big thing like i was just it's just who i am And at the time, my writing mentor, uh, that's when he was helping me with that motorcycle series, just said to me, uh, Maggie, you know, why don't you just write what you know? Write about the Indigenous people. And I thought, well, I don't think anybody wants to read about the Indigenous people. I I really didn't believe it. I thought, well, why would they want to read mainstream, you know, North America want to read about Indigenous people? They... But I just thought, well, you know, what well, why not try it? Why why not? Um, there's not that many books out there. Um, it's something that I know a lot of. Um, it's a big part of me of who I am. So that's when I decided, yeah, uh, I'm gonna try that. That's gonna be the focus of my direction for writing romance.
0: And it and it turned out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> turned out good turned out well. So I'm, I'm really happy. I went that direction. Uh, it, um, it's going wonderful. Uh, like I said, um, I have the books out, a uh, publisher that believes in me. And uh, it's, it's uh, something that I always wanted to do. Like I said, um, since 2010, that's when I decided. Uh, I did get setbacks um, with health. I had an autoimmune disease. I acquired which wasn't all that fun and uh but finally um 2018 was when the first book went out
0: wow did did you have when when this switch came when the mentor made the suggestion you should write about indigenous people and you started to do it and see success do you now look back and think why did I think of that sooner or
1: not really no Oh, like I said, I'm, I have so many interests and I'm so interested in culture, you know. It doesn't matter if it's a, a biker culture, uh, religious culture, you know. Um, I, I, I like exploring uh, all those um, different cultures that are out there. So uh, I have no no regrets about, you know, getting sidetracked. Uh, the time just wasn't there at the time, but now it's, it's something that, that I love to do. Yeah, something I, I love very much.
0: I, I'm curious about, um, you know, when you write about um, the indigenous people, what are some of the uh, themes or issues or conflicts, I guess, that are are kind of unique to that culture that come up in romance?
1: Well, one of them is the colonization, the impact colonization had. Uh, and still has on the First Nations communities. Uh, but that's a big one. You will see it in the When We Were Young series in Night Moves, that book, uh, just uh, how um, having their land taken from them, um, being put into Indian residential schools, um, all of that, how how it impacts them because it it still does. And uh, you'll see that with the protagonist, uh, Billy Redsky, how um, colonization impacted his life and even how it impacts the the other hero. It's a two spirit romance, Um, Renee Oshaway as well, how it impacts him. And like I said, um, in another series, my Matawapit family series, it looks into the impact the Indian residential schools had on communities as well and individuals.
0: Yeah. I, I, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to me, that's interesting. And at the same time, I, you know, I know down in the United States, you know, the history of, of how Native Americans were, were treated. And it's, it's really sad to, you know, think of how hard the attempt was to basically strip them of their culture, of their, their livelihoods, their traditions and rituals and their language it's just mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah so like I said and I thought well you know what why not um address these problems but put them into a romance story you know yeah. and uh and yeah so and like I said I'm really enjoying doing that it's uh it's a lot of fun it's um it's, it's just something that I I love to do. And like I said, you don't see many Indigenous heroines in romance novels. You see a lot of um, the men, but not the women. So so uh, writing Indigenous heroines is also important to me, just to showcase, you know, the, the different walks of life that we come from.
0: You know, it's funny you say that. I, I live um, just outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. And Charlottesville is mm-hmm. the area that Lewis and Clark were from. Um, as uh-huh. well as Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson sent the two of them, you know, across the country mm-hmm. to discover all this land that Jefferson had acquired. <laughs> um, yeah. The statue of the, of, I think it's, it might just be one of the men, might be both men. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they had a guide, right? Secajawea. She
1: was a woman.
0: Yes. Yeah. She, in this statue, she's behind them, kind of in a, I don't want to say she's cowering, but she's kind of down, right? And these and the men mm-hmm. are, like, standing in front of her. And that statue makes me crazy <laughs> because she, <laughs> she was their guide. She was their pregnant guide yeah. for a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they made oh, this yeah. Yeah. because of her, you know, due to her help. And so that statue always makes me crazy <laughs> about how, you know, it sort of dismisses her, And her importance. And uh,
1: yeah, you'll find in the fur trade, the women were very prominent as well. And they were the ones that basically um, um, facilitated um, uh, the trade between the French or English and the Native people. The women played a big part in it. Um, And uh, a lot of them married the women as well.
0: Yeah,
1: and had children. Yeah,
0: women have just in history seem to have their their importance yes. seems to be.
1: <laughs> women, season. yeah, all women throughout history. I find it. It um,
0: now you're writing. We're talking historical issues here, and I know you write historical romances, but you you write in contemporary times as well. Mm-hmm. Right, so you kind of have both. Yeah, but you also write like uh YA and LBGTQ, is that right? Yeah. So you got something yeah. for everybody.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, something for everybody. Uh I find um I don't just stick with um one pairing. I find there's um always a story in there. Uh whether they are young adults, uh whether they are uh two men or two women or whether they're adult male and female, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Whatever the story calls for.
0: Yeah, yeah, just as long as there's, there's love.
1: Yeah, yeah, just as long as there's a good romance going on.
0: Yeah, I love romance. I, you know, people make fun of of romance, but I just think what, what better thing is there than, you know, falling in love and having a soulmate, (laughs) and all that, you know, yeah.
1: Well, if, if it wasn't for romance, um, I think I said this when we spoke last time, you know, none of us would be here. So.
0: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> shows you,
1: you the importance of, of romance, you know. We yeah. have squirrels um, that, that that we like to feed. Um, and right now, all five or six of them, I can't remember how many squirrels run around here, are all enjoying their own romance. I can see them chasing <laughs> each other all over the yard. So, there you go, you know. It's,
0: it's yeah. for everyone. I think what what gets me about the stigma of romance is definitely it's not for everybody, but the people who it's not for seem to be okay with talking down on it. Whereas, for example, I'm not a huge fan of some genres of fiction, but I don't go around dismissing it or demeaning it, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no, but for some reason, yeah, people that's... who
0: don't like romance, so they just think it's, I guess, shallow. And or the one up the excuse I like the best is the one where they're like, Well, you know, it's not real life, and I'm like, Dragons aren't in real life either, but I don't hear anybody telling George R.R. R. Martin mm-hmm. what he writes isn't real, yeah. so. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it doesn't make much sense, which is really too bad. Because uh, one thing I noticed in the romance community is um, you'll never hear them talk bad about other genres ever. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, the other genres. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and like uh, I said, you know, there's some genres of books that I don't really have much interest in, but I don't think there's anything wrong with them. They just don't appeal to me, you know.
1: Um, yep. Same
0: here. I like, yeah, I I know like books that end well and yeah, have a great, great journey through them. That's what I like.
1: Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was one of those rare people who has never read Lord of the Rings and never seen the movies, but I would never say anything, you know, about it. it it's just not, not for me.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Everybody should read romance. I think I told you this last time we talked where my mother, she does sort of, look down on on romance she doesn't say it out loud anymore because I I write it mm-hmm. but but I know she's just she loves a good mystery particularly a British mystery or something like that
1: oh those are good I love yes. them too yeah. yeah
0: but um when when Bridgerton came out on Netflix she started watching it because she does like things like Jane Austen and British period pieces and Bridgerton mm-hmm. clearly is a British period piece and she really liked uh-huh. <laughs> to the show. And I'm like, Mom, that's a romance novel. And you know, I mean, I and I read it because I, you know, I wanted to read it before I saw the show. And what I thought was mm-hmm. hilarious is there were things in that show that were not in the book that are even more um steamy and crazy. Uh-huh. Then, then was in the yeah. book and mm-hmm. she, but she liked Bridgerton. I was just like, Oh my God. So I brought her the book. I doubt she was going to read it. And I was like, well, give it, give it to my sister. Cause she does like historical. romance. But, um, uh-huh. but I just thought that was interesting how the same story in a different format was fine, even though. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. That's it, what you find. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, spicy. It's, um, most anyway. of the time they don't even know they're, they're even um, coming across something romance. Mm-hmm. They, they, just don't don't uh, see it that way yeah I
0: want to do a quick speed round of questions for you I call it the quick six the first is who Uh is your favorite author besides yourself
1: Johanna Lindsay and Roseanne Bittner
0: Roseanne Bittner I'm gonna have to look them up because I haven't heard of them what is your favorite book besides any of your own that you've written
1: a Heart So Wild by Johanna Lindsay.
0: Okay. What is your favorite romance category, as in contemporary, historical, YA?
1: Historical. I love historical romance.
0: Yeah. I I worry about writing historical because there's just so much research, and I'm afraid I'll miss something, and someone will tell me they didn't have that ki- t- kind of candle or that kind of something, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Um, oh, Yeah.
0: What is your favorite romance trope?
1: I would say um, either forbidden love or enemies to lovers.
0: Yeah. I like good banter. Uh, What are you reading now?
1: Immortal Secrets by L. Lincoln. L. Lincoln. i am actually almost done it.
0: And when you're reading in your cozy little spot, coffee, tea, wine, or some other beverage or treat.
1: Oh, I don't um uh have anything to drink or eat when, when I read. I actually read at night before I go to sleep. I always commit at least one or two hours to read. I usually go for 50 pages a night. And that's my, my distress downtime where I can just sit there and enjoy a good book before I go to sleep.
0: I would have a hard time if it if a chapter ended in a in a way where it's like I had to read on. I
1: mean, I, don't I usually know. don't. I'm, I'm pretty disciplined where I just oh, got my 50 pages. And uh, sometimes I will read on, though. It, it all yeah. depends. Yeah.
0: I mean, when you get into a good book and you're really immersed in it, I find it hard to do anything else. Like I will figure out be, a way to read difficult. all day. <laughs>
1: Just to get oh, to- I wish I could. Yeah. yeah. I I really wish I could read all day. Uh, but like I have a set schedule. I'm one of those who's all schedule, schedule, schedule. And uh, so that's why I don't touch reading during the day because uh, I could waste the whole day just reading. Easily. Yeah,
0: because sometimes I'll read oh. like at lunch or something, right? And, and you just think, Oh, it's, you know, not that, that much. And then pretty soon, you know, my lunch is two hours. (laughs) I had to
1: stop reading at lunch for that reason. (laughs) Yeah, I used to yet read on my lunch hour, I would take my break, have my food and, and read and that, and I had to stop I I was it it's too easy to lose yourself in the book yeah, so yeah. I would thought okay you know I'm just gonna read at night because reading on the lunch hour is not working out um you know an hour wasn't enough like I said I usually like to put in a good hour and a half maybe two hours of reading when I before I go to sleep so yeah yeah
0: good yeah, for yeah, you so disciplined um <laughs> Well, Maggie, um, can you tell us uh, where we can find your books and learn more about you and follow you and support you?
1: Oh, it's easy. Just go to maggieblackbird.com. Everything you're looking for is there from where to find my books to signing up to my newsletter, where to follow me on social media. All of that is all on maggieblackbird.com
0: maggieblackbird.com and and i will have this link uh where this podcast is posted so um everybody please go check out her her books and her site and and all that i'll, I'll have links to your books as well too or at least for sure um the when we were young series because that's the one that just came out the from yeah. that series yeah.
1: yeah yeah i'm in edits for the fourth and final book right now as we talk so I actually just sent back my second pass.
0: So, well, Maggie, I want to thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today. Again, I'm really fascinated by your writing, and I encourage everybody to again check out MaggieBlackbird.com and and check out all her different works. and And thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself.
0: I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Maggie Blackbird. Again, please visit swoonworthyhea.com and click on the Illicit Liaisons tab at the top of the page to be taken to this podcast show where you can check out all her great books. I'll also have links to the books that she referenced being some of her favorites. And of course, it's a great place to leave a comment or ask questions of me or Maggie about this interview. Also, while you're there, please consider joining Swoonworthy HEA. It is free. You get a free book journal to keep track of your reading. And again, you can join in conversations, find out about free books, new releases, and a whole lot more. So I look forward to seeing you over at swoonworthyhea.com. Until next time, this is Jenna Hart wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after.